Hello everyone. Welcome to this episode of Personae Extraordinaire. Through this interview series, I'm attempting to profile people who've made an extraordinary impact in their respective fields to engage and uplift others and help them be the best versions of themselves. Today's guest holds a very special place in my heart, and I'm humbled to introduce to you someone who's present in my life I cherish immensely. She's a large part of the reason why I'm here today and able to speak to you. Welcome, Sajina Kapoor, ma'am. I'm honored to have you here today. Sajina Kapoor was born into the illustrious Kapoor family of Bollywood. With grandparents and parents deeply associated with films and theater, she starred in several films. She ran the famous Prithvi Theater in Mumbai and later launched the Janoon Theater. She has done a lot of work for children and upcoming theater artists across India. In recognition of her outstanding contribution to the theater, she was awarded the French honor, Knight of the Order of Arts and Letters. To give you a little backstory, I'm basically a shy and reserved person. And as a child, my discomfort in interacting with people was so strong that I just refused to socialize with even children my own age. This bothered my mother to no end, and she decided, quite unilaterally if I may say so, that I really stood to gain by exposure to stage performance at theatre. She went ahead and enrolled a kicking and screaming me in a theatre workshop by Sanjana Ma'am. And to my utter surprise, I ended up quite enjoying the experience. I acknowledge that was in no small measure due to Sanjana Ma'am's kindness, her humility, and her ability to empathize with me and inclusive attitude in dealing with a painfully shy version of me. She made me feel safe as I emerged out of my shell time after time and came back each time thirsting for more as I performed. I strongly believe that my theater workshops with her laid the foundation for my advocacy work, my public speaking, my audiobook, Extraordinaire, and even this interview series, Personae Extraordinaire. Thank you so much for everything you've done for me, Sanjana, ma'am, and welcome. My goodness, I can't tell you, Zen. I am honored beyond belief to be here and to have had the privilege of working with you, honestly. Thank you so much for that. So, <laughs> let's start. To start with, what is a fun fact about yourself? This can be a favorite animal, food, hobby, or anything else. You should tell me, having suffered two workshops of mine. <laughs> I think, I'm not sure what a fun fact is, but I think for me, the most important thing is to be able to be silly. And that you must have got a dose of in my workshop. And I think, and I, and I think for me, um, it it helps me also lose my inhibitions in situations that maybe I'm also awkward in or a bit anxious about, and or both ways. It also in in situations in which um, I am so upset or so angry at what somebody is saying to me or trying to bully me into doing that I end up having my wonderful weapon of of not exactly only silliness, but also my laughter, 
uh, of, of just laughing loud in their face and um, taking them quite off guard. So I think being silly and, and being able to laugh um, are, are, are things that I keep precious. I keep close to my heart. That truly is a fun fact. And um, <laughs> I really think that laughter is the best medicine for anything. So, so too. it's really rare that career paths follow a straight line from where they started to where they are today. Could you please share a little bit about your own journey? Who or what was your inspiration? And some interesting experiences along the way that shaped you as a person? And I have to, how many minutes to do this in? <laughs> in like this much time? <laughs> I'm 55 years old then. That's many, many years of a life having been lived. Um, but I think uh, I was lucky to be born into the family that I was born into simply because I was I grew up surrounded by what the family was was passionate about, which most families, you know, if you're if you're lucky enough to have a family that is a family of doctors who are passionate about their work or a family of lawyers who are passionate about their work, then Somewhere it it, it um, seeps into you quite seamlessly. You don't even know uh, consciously what it is you are setting out to do. And so for me, um, being part of that world was important. I wasn't sure what that world meant. I wasn't sure whether the world meant theater or film. I, I didn't know whether that world meant in, in India or abroad in England. Um, it, 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 there were a lot of unanswered questions, but it didn't matter. I, I still knew that I had to find my path, uh, in a, in a, in a, in a world that had no clear path made out for me. I knew that. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, 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 I guess, uh, I started out thinking I wanted to be an actress, um, realizing quite soon that, um, the Hindi or the Indian cinema at that time was the Hindi cinema was not a place for me. Uh, it was in the 80s, end of the 80s, um, beginning of the 90s, parallel cinema had not, had sort of was dying out. And then this new cinema that is exists today was not in existence then. And I clearly never wanted to be part of the mainstream. And luckily I then went to drama school in America. And that was a life changer for me because it gave me the clarity of knowing theater was my passion, that that's what I love to do. And I love to do it because of the form of what it engage, what it means. It means that that collective of working together in the rehearsal space of being in that room and trying out new things um, and experimenting. And I just love that. So I came back to India, but I actually also in India, the kind of theater I wanted to do was not that much. I think it was, again, if I'd been around today, the theater is quite different today. And there would have been many more opportunities perhaps to engage with. But when I had come back to India, I had you had to forge your own opportunities, like a bit like an entrepreneur. You had to innovate your own life, which was a bit difficult. But luckily, slowly, slowly, slowly for me, I very gradually started helping my brother at Prithvi Theatre. It was never my aim to work at Prithvi Theatre, not because I didn't want to. I think because I loved it so much 
And I was in such awe of what it meant and what it stood for and the huge responsibility and the complete and absolute inadequacy that I had to ever bear the responsibility of doing anything at Prithvi. So I just knew that it was not for me. Um, you know, my mother had spent a lifetime working in theater, uh, traveling around the country, uh, performing in theaters. She built the theater along with my father and spent five years running it. And she had all the experience and the wisdom to do that. And, and I didn't have any experience. So it was something that terrified me. I definitely never thought it was a mantle that was being passed down from mother to daughter or from family to family. And for me, that's something I, I, I quarrel with. I don't, I'm not comfortable with the automatic passing down of mantles I think you have to earn your place. So it was very, it was very slow. And then slowly, 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 I got into working at Prithvi, uh, loved bits of it. The first few things I did there were projects. And I asked my father whether I, he, he was the trustee, and I asked him whether I could do a workshop or do something else. And, and he said, yeah, you do it, if he heard the idea. And then he said, but you have to go find the money for it. So I had to always go and find the money. I was on my own, no help. Uh, nobody bailing me out if I ran over budget. So it was tough learning, but it was a good learning. And uh, yeah, that was sort of the beginning. And I, I realized gradu I didn't do much acting. I did a little bit and I liked it. I think I'm a little bit of a lazy actor. Um, but I also know that that the environment that I wanted to act in did not really exist. I wanted to act as an actor all day. I wanted to work, go to, like you go to work in the morning and you end in the evening. I wanted to work in my rehearsal space all day. But in India, then a little less now, most rehearsals took place in the evening. After you're exhausted, you've done a day's work somewhere else in another office and then you come in to do rehearsal. And I didn't think that was fun. That for me was not what I wanted to do. So I made a decision to actually step away from acting, which was sad, but I had to, and then I took on this great management role and realized that I came from two grandparents. I mean, both sides, my grandfathers, were both actor managers of their own theater company. So being a manager was also part of my DNA somewhere. But I loved working with children. I always worked with children because I could bully them. And I love bullying children <laughs> because they bully you right back like you did. <laughs> That's quite a journey. And <laughs> I'm so glad that you found your two calling. Your workshops was one of the highlights of my childhood. And again, I'd, I'd like to thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> so as you said in your answer, you're a true cultural entrepreneur. And you are also an illustrious Indian theater personality. You've, you've come from the India's foremost film family and you held the iconic Prithvi Theater and Janoon Theater for such a long time. I've personally witnessed that your work has an emphasis on making art in every way, shape and form, accessible for all people and starting young. In my young life, I witnessed that ableism and social and structural issues like lack of accessibility continue to present barriers for people with disabilities around the world, everywhere, and even in the performing arts. 
what in your opinion are the best ways to tackle them and how do you manage to make inclusivity the cornerstone of all that you create i haven't uh the honest truth is my gosh i haven't consciously but i think that that um well there are two there are two sort of answers to what you've asked i think if i've understood the question right one is a very personal approach which is me personally and the other is an institutional approach as to what does the organization do right um so me personally also as an artistic choice myself me personally right so i i i'll tell you two short stories and then i i you, you can ask me more but um when i came back i was i was working in england for a while uh, or trying to find work in england for a while when i was well, i must have been uh, 18 or i don't know 19 or 20 or something and and i came back to to bombay and again i was looking for work in england i'd done very very little work in a theater with with children and i realized that i wanted to work with children that's where i was assisting children's theater workshops and i came back to india looking back to bombay looking for work as uh, to do workshops with children and my father introduced me to a principal of a school for blind boys in bombay and she was this wonderful parsi very forceful energetic parsi woman meher banaji and she hounded me and i kept saying no i cannot come to your school i have never met a blind person in my life i cannot work with blind children absolutely no 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 i have no training no background and no idea what to do but she being who she was she hounded me and i finally said okay i'm coming but making no promises so i went to her school and she took me around sort of for a visit to all the classes and then she put me in a big hall with i think 25 children boys must have been aged about 12 Uh, 10 to 12 or 13 and she locked the door and she literally left me there and i was like oh my god what is this and i fell in love of course with these just gorgeous 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 boys who were so energetic and so lively and so completely brilliant that i ended up working with that school off and on for about 13 years and it gave me the greatest joy of my life um and and we would do i did workshops with them and then we'd do a play and we and every year we try and set up a play with them and i was determined to do only one thing i said I, the play doesn't have to be great i i'm not a great director or anything but i know only one thing that most people when they do theater with blind children or blind people they will make the play full of music and very you know beautiful to listen to but very still in action and i was determined to not do the opposite i wanted to keep the music but i was determined to fill the play with huge action and we had the privilege of rehearsing and working in the hall which we were going to perform in and so these children were running down through the aisles where the parents were sitting they were clambering onto the stage they were running around the stage there was movement constantly on the on the stage 
so much so that occasionally the parents were saying like, oh, thinking the kids were going to fall off the stage. But of course they weren't because they were brilliant. And they did that in school. I mean, they ran up and down their steps and they would play cricket. They did their mobility was brilliant. So there was no reason why their mobility couldn't be brilliant on stage. So that was one big learning for me. But so to answer, and then of course I was terrified when your mother brought you to my class. You, because your clever, clever mother is so wicked, she never mentioned it to me, right? She just signed you up. And then you walked through the doors. So I wasn't about to say no as you walked in. She's very naughty, but she's brilliant because I love her for it because I got to work with you <laughs> and your gorgeous brother. Both of you, delicious. You were totally delicious. But um, as far as as far as being inclusive in other ways, you know, for instance, when Prithvi Theatre was built in 1978, it wasn't a law, by, and it should have been, but it wasn't a law to make any access for wheelchairs. So it was many years later when my father was in a wheelchair that we actually had to create a, we created a ramp, which was very difficult. But we did have people come by wheelchair and occasionally we would, allow them in from the back. Luckily, there is a big door. And so there wasn't much, and there's not much steps. There's one step, that's it. So, and there's, it's it's seamless. There's no ridges. So they could enter early onto the stage, through the stage and find a place to sit. But it was not intentional. It was a luck by chance. That was how the theater was built. We could bring wheelchairs in. But, it, you know, today you have to be much, much, much more thoughtful about these things. And you should be. And it's a wonderful thing. Um, but I don't think it's become part of our natural consciousness because we also didn't go to schools where inclusion was was uh, a thing. And, and I remember asking my son, who went to school in Delhi, uh, how upset I was that in his class, he didn't seem to have other children, uh, uh, you know, from what am I, what's the politically right word to say? I always say the wrong thing. Definitely abled. Yes. There you go. <laughs> so, and and he never had. And I thought that was terrible. And he went to a really good school. And the school had, but very few children. And more of them, more of them were sort of, I don't know. I, I, I was just appalled with the fact that every class in the school didn't have, you know, children of different. Because the learning that he would have gone through is so valuable and it's so precious and it's a life lifelong learning with you and 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 he was robbed of that opportunity just simply because the school was too lazy to get their act together you know and i and i think that that's not that's 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 really unfair uh, so I, it works both ways isn't it strange uh, i mean it works hugely because children of different abilities don't have access to so-called other schools, regular schools. But but I think it works both ways. I think that benefit of learning together is very important. Um, your story about the blind kids in Bombay was so inspirational. And my personal opinion, this is only my personal opinion, we have to start educating children at a young age on the topic of inclusivity, so when they grow up, they can um, create solutions to such um, structures. Yes. 
the, the solutions to social and structural uh, problems may come to them naturally. They won't have to think about it because they've been al- already been educated on the power of differentness and the power of inclusivity. Uh, yeah. I, I did do a workshop. We worked with Janoon in, in a school uh, in, in Noida. And it was just beautiful to see how the children and the teachers were seamlessly working with this group of, of differently able children. And I couldn't make out. I couldn't make out uh, who was what. And we were working with 500 children. And it was just beautiful. This was in the Shivnadar school in, in Noida. And I was just, my heart just leapt with joy, you know, to see and to see how the other children were, were just, and you know, our work, our workshops. I mean, we work, we move a lot and we do a lot and it's a lot of stuff. And everybody was, was engaged and was there. And you're absolutely right, Zen. It's, it's about it becoming so much part of your understanding of life that you don't have to set aside an extra effort to say, ah, oh, I have to think about this and I have to be inclusive. You, It will become your natural. It'll become, as, as, you know, just what you do. Like you pick up a bottle of water to drink, you're going to fix solutions to knowing how to deal with, with situations that you may come upon. Yeah. So Neil Marcus, an actor with a disability, once said, Disability is not a brave struggle, a courage in the face of adversity. Disability is an art. It's an ingenious way to live. Do you believe art in general is an important way to speak up about the lack of accessibility and ableism? Why and how? That question it, it assumes that I do think that, so you're very naughty. <laughs> but I think I think art is essential in our life because it allows you to talk about things that ordinarily may be either make you feel uncomfortable or may disturb you or may just be something you're not interested in. But art allows you to actually open up a way of approaching or thinking of ideas which you may never have grappled with or expected to have. Um, Whether, I mean, whether I think all art, all art can't do everything. So yes, for sure, there must be art that, that, that does, but it should be as, um, what can I say? I it's it should be so much part of our lives, and I think artists are people who sort of live on the edge of society in a strange way, right? They place themselves there. They've chosen that. They've chosen to take risks and to lead risky lives, and they've chosen to be slightly those uh, outcasts, perhaps even at times. Uh, not, I'm not talking about the ones who want to be stars. They're different people. But the people who want to be artists. And and uh, and I think that when you choose that, then you you really understand what it is to be on the outside. And when you do know what it is to be on the outside, you know then how important it is to feel included and to be part of, of life, but also to pave your own path and to make your own way there. 
right? And to always be innovative in how you do it. So, I mean, yes, I think I think it is necessary. I don't know. I mean, f- for instance, once at Prithvi Theatre, and this was rec- every two years, we'd have an international theatre festival. And one year, uh, we had a, a play recommended from Ireland. I think it was from Ireland. Um, and it was a play full of hearing impaired adults. This was not for children, this was for adults. And the play was for, it wasn't only for, it was for, it was for everybody. I mean, the play was for everybody, um, but the actors were all hearing impaired. And um, unfortunately, it wasn't a very good production. So that is, that is you, it has to be good. I mean, whatever you do, it has to be good. So, I mean, that's the thing. Uh, that play, I'm not so happy that we invited it. I'm happy that we invited it because the actors were lovely people and we had an amazing time together. But the director needed to have done a lot more work on making that play truly beautiful. In fact, one of the most amazing experiences was after the show, sitting in the cafe with all the actors. And I'd invited a few people because I also knew uh, one of my friends is a is a wonderful teacher and she runs an incredible school for deaf children in Bombay. And I invited her and some of her students to have dinner. And we were on this long table and it was fascinating because usually, you know, when you have 20 people on a dining table and you're all, you, you can barely hear the person sitting next to you because you everybody's talking and shouting and so, so it's such excitement or you're trying to talk to somebody across there. But because these were deaf people, they were talking across the table in total silence. It was amazing. I mean, there was slight vocalization, but it was just extraordinary to see these conversations leap across the table in perfect synchronicity and with no sound at all. It was it was magic. But no, yeah. So I, I mean, Prithvi, I, in, what I'm trying to say is also the work I have done in my organizations, whether it was Prithvi or whether it was Junoon or whether it was even work in the blind school, it was luck. It was not a part of one's um, active plan to say, okay, 10%, okay, what are we going to do? We're going to try and bring in a certain amount of our work every year that looks at this idea. It wasn't done. It wasn't part of my consciousness. But as you said then, if you grow up, if I grew up with children like that all my life, it would have been part of my normal response, right? It wouldn't have to be an add-on response, which I think the world is grappling with that and it's getting there, but it's going to take some time. I agree completely with you. And, you know, I've personally witnessed the power and the beauty of theater in your workshops. And I can vouch for how art, whether it's music, dance, or even drama, can help spread the message in a very simple way. Unfortunately, that was the last question of our interview. And I'd before we end, I'd just like to thank you for taking the time out to do this interview. It has been so enlightening and uplifting. And I look forward to partnering with you um, in the future to do my part in spreading the sunshine on this very important topic. Lovely, Zen. And I'm sure you're going to spread a lot of sunshine 
uh, across the globe in many, many wonderful ways. I love your poetry, and I hope you don't ever stop writing and and reciting your own poetry and, and having fun with that. And I Thank hope your brother is well and give him my love. <laughs> I will. Okay.